Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Um, I actually said Thursday. I may just go ahead and put this up here on Wednesday, so who knows when you're listening to this. But let's get to it. Um, something to react to. PJ Walker's going to start on Sunday, Mary Kay, as you had been calling for. Um, you wrote a column about it on Tuesday. So Kevin Stefanski comes out on Wednesday and says that P.J. Walker is going to start. Deshaun Watson is going to continue to attack his rehab. So there's a lot to break down on this. But let's just start with the question I asked you um, in the video that we just shot. Are you at all surprised that Kevin just came out and made this decision today? No, I'm not surprised at all. It was pretty evident after that game in Indianapolis on Sunday uh, that Deshaun Watson is not ready to play football yet. He's got the strained rotator cuff. He's got micro tears in there. And if he was starting to get ready, well, he got slammed in the shoulder uh, by Deo. I'm not sure how to say it. Ode Ingbo, I think. And... uh, and he took that super, super hard fall onto the back of his shoulder. And, uh, you know, that just wasn't good. Now he's got swelling again in the shoulder or, as Kevin called it, residual swelling. So he either has, uh, it's just a continuation of the swelling from before, or he has new swelling now in the shoulder. And I think that's a concern because sometimes you don't know exactly what's going on in there until that swelling goes down. So something to, you know, to keep an eye on, I think he's going to have to have another MRI in a couple of days when the swelling really goes down a lot. He had one on Monday, uh, but this is the right thing to do. And not only should he sit out this game, but you know what? They might want to think about him sitting out the next game too. This was always going to be a four to six week injury uh, and Sunday will mark five weeks. So if you let it go another week after that, you just might be getting into uh, the kind of territory where he feels good enough to throw the ball normally. Yeah, I mean, I do wonder. They they would never admit this. Kevin doesn't like to talk about this stuff. But I've got to imagine at this point they would have just – they'd love to get in a time machine and go back to the Baltimore game and, you know, send out a release on that Saturday. Deshaun Watson is going on injured reserve, right? And then all of this – whatever's happened the last four weeks is, like, erased and we're not doing the will he won't he every single week we're not going through him starting a game and then having to be taken out after one hit and that's the reason this doesn't surprise me Ashley is it's just this idea like if you're going to be so nervous as a head coach about your quarterback taking a hit he can't start we just we've seen quarterbacks play through things all the time and they get hit hard and they got to fight through injuries if as a coach you can't you're not willing to allow yourself to let your quarterback do that. You cannot start him in a football game. No, and especially a guy like Deshaun, which so much of what makes him good when he's at his best is how big he is and physical he is and how he wants to run. He's a hard runner, and, and I mean, we see that actually on the hit that he got hurt on against the Titans. So I think it's just really difficult. Like, it just kind of, again, shows to me, like, we talked all last week about none of us were really crazy about the idea of him trying to play against the Colts. I thought it was a mistake, um, and I think it kind of proved that it's a mistake because car alarm's going off. That's been going off the whole time we've been outside. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm going to put up a video. It'll be up by the time you hear this, but there's a car alarm Perfect. in the background of the video, too. Probably the same one. It sounds like the same one. But I do think, like, it just kind of, once again, shows, like, there was no need for him to try to play that game. And thankfully, from everything we know so far, nothing worse happened because of that. But, like, it could have been so much worse. Like, the shoulder didn't maybe get worse, injured to a certain point that who knows if it's going to actually impact anything. But it could have been a lot worse than it was is the point. Mary Kay, is there an element of this, too, to, like, 
Kevin kind of just saying like, I can't go through that again. Like I can't do, we can't do this thing where we're going through the week and he starts throwing on Thursday or Friday and we get to Sunday and decide to start him. And then he's not playing anymore. And obviously look, they won that game, but um, it was close. It was nip and tuck. It's a lot easier to go through your week when you know who your starting quarterback is going to be on Wednesday. Yeah, that's a, a huge important part of it. And the other, um, you know, the corollary to that is he doesn't want to have to pull Deshaun from a second straight football game. You don't want to find out the hard way that you get out there and he still can't throw the ball. And, you know, I rewatched the Deshaun part again yesterday. And uh, just from that very first throw to Jerome Ford, he did not have it. I mean, it was evident right from the start that he just didn't have it. And, you know, Kevin disagreed with me on this, but that first interception, I mean, the real interception by, by Julian Blackman, the safety, where he just jumped the route down the, down the deep right sideline, he didn't have enough velocity on that ball. And, you know, same thing when he underthrew um, Elijah Moore on the, the would-be interception that, that was reversed. Now, he was getting drilled uh, at the same time, but it looked like, I mean, usually you would have enough to get the ball off. And, and he just didn't have it. He just did not have it. Even the, you know, the throw to DPJ that he did complete, that was a five-yard pass on a third and 11. So if you're not throwing the ball farther than that, you know what I mean? Like some, something's probably wrong there too. I haven't studied that particular play, but he, he didn't have it. And you're not going to have it six days later. So Kevin can't be out there looking out again and seeing that uh, his quarterback has no strength in his arm and that he has to pull him again from the second straight game. Well, especially if there's new swelling now too, right? Especially there's something there's something new there. Is it going to go away in a couple days and everything's fine maybe, but again, it's something new and it's just it's still a bad situation. And but at least there isn't the stress Ashley of like, okay, what's going to happen when we show up on Thursday? Is Deshaun going to talk today? Is he going to throw? How's it going to look? Oh, we show up Friday, he looks great and he did look game ready on Friday. But again, that was against air. And we saw it was very different when he was actually out there, you know, in pads and full uniform against a real defense. Just having some semblance of like, this is what's happening Sunday is going to help this team and and what's going to be a very difficult road game. Yeah, I mean, I think even just from a standpoint of P.J. Walker getting all of the first team reps in practice with, you know, these receivers that are going to be out there on Sunday is key because he hasn't had a lot of those. And I think when you do have somebody who, you know, is a backup, technically he's your, you know, your second or third string guy, depending on the week, um, you need those reps. They are at a premium and he hasn't had all of the months and months and months of working with Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones and getting everything down. So I do think that part of it is key. And even just from like a locker room standpoint, like not having all this speculation on, you know, social media that who knows what players see and what they don't and what impacts them. Like, I think just removing the possibility of that. Sorry, there's, (laughs) I can't ignore the bee that was just flying around Dan and landed on him that he so deftly just flung away. Dan's having a rough week. Dan's having a rough week over here. He's got purple paint in his hair, okay? He's got because bees following it's him. his daughter, Charlotte. Shout out to Charlotte. Happy birthday, Charlotte. So he's painting Charlotte's room. So he's got some nice purple in his hair. And Ashley and I actually think it looks really good. Yeah. So we think that, you know, this might need to become a thing. Might be a new look. Yeah, it's a new look. And Signature. then he also 
He's day-to-day. He's day-to-day <laughs> with some kind of an ankle injury. We're awaiting, we're awaiting test results. We're awaiting we, test results. We actually results. are awaiting imaging. <laughs> we are. We don't know if it's going to linger. You know, we have, you know, we're in the midst of five um, road games out of the next out of the next seven. Four, four out of six now. Four out of four six, out of six yeah. now. And poor Dan is day-to-day. You know, he's going to have to be, like, hobbling through airports mm-hmm. and, um, you know, trying to get around as, as best he can. But anyway, so Dan's having a little bit of a rough week. Almost just got stung by a bee. Oh, a wasp. It definitely wasn't a bee for, like, our Save the Bee listeners. It was, like, a wasp or a yellow jacket. It was not a honeybee. It was, it was you know, seeking to enact pain on Dan if it landed on him the wrong way. We've got you, Dan. But I had to acknowledge it because I couldn't stop staring at it. And Dan was holding that recorder as I talked about PJ Walker and practice reps. But yeah, you know, I think to go back to the main point though about Deshaun, it's like my big takeaway from rewatching the game and just those handful of passes was I thought in real time, I'm like, this does not look good. And like Mary Kay said, just the no velocity on the ball. And rewatching that, I mean, if you can rewatch just the passes he threw, like that was the biggest takeaway for me. It was like not at all Deshaun Watson like yeah that was um that that was a tough a tough watch that that first quarter of that game uh before he left the game okay let's take a quick break here and then let's spend a little more time on Deshaun let's get into some of the running back news as we kind of get you through here on a quick uh a quick reaction podcast our Wednesday slash Thursday podcast on Orange Brown Talk And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock. Okay. Um, you know, Mary Kay, how much longer? I know I know, we touched on this a little, but, like, this is kind of the question with everything. So how much longer does this go? Like, is this – is it, like, I, I don't have – I think the case you made for him sitting out in Seattle made sense because in my mind it's like, okay, if you win one of the next two – you're going to be five and three. You've still got more than half the season left. You've got nine games left after that. You're in really good shape, and you should be able to figure out a way to beat Arizona, even if P.J. Walker starts that game. But definitely, like, I'm not saying give up on this game, but it's okay if you lose this game. But if this starts to go past Arizona, and now, now we're getting into Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and, you know, Jacksonville's coming to town at the end of that stretch. You know, there's Denver, L.A., and then I think it's Jacksonville, I think is the order that goes. How much longer is this going to go? I mean, you said at the very beginning it's four to six weeks, so probably not that much longer. But I don't know if there's something new there, if it doesn't heal as quickly as they think. Where are we right now? Yeah, we, you know, we don't know. We don't know where we are with this because I think in part we really don't know if what happened on Sunday in Indianapolis represented a setback or a continuation of, you know, the, uh, the trajectory that he was on. We just don't really know. If it was a setback, then this could linger on a little longer than we thought. And, you know, I now wouldn't be surprised if he will also sit out uh, the next game against Arizona. I would not be surprised about that. And, again, that's one I think they can win without him because of their defense. Now, Seattle, that's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a tough game to win on the road with P.J. Walker, unless the defense plays a whole lot better than it did in Indy. But as you said, if they can at least split those games, they'll still be in pretty good shape. The thing to be concerned about is, okay, let's say he does come back strong from this and everything's going to be okay. He's still going to be rusty. He's still going to be rusty. So if you like throw him out there against the Baltimore Ravens and Roquan Smith and Jadavian Clowney, I mean, those guys are going to be coming after him. And I will tell you what, 
it's all is fair in love and war. And they're going to try to be sacking him, hitting him in the shoulder, putting him on his back. They're going to try to make him feel that injury. That's just the name of the game. So there's going to be that. There's going to be the rust factor. I mean, this could this could be, uh, you know, the biggest storyline of the season. It is so far, obviously. Yeah, I mean, Ashley, it's one of those things, sort of like as we were going through the initial weeks, I kind of got to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to even speculate on this until I see him throw a football, which we did. And now it's almost like I can't even think about it until I actually see him on the field and he looks more like Deshaun Watson than he did on Sunday. Game speed is just so different. And, I mean, I think, too, just with that injury, this caller must be triggered by my voice at this point. <laughs> like something about my intonation or something is setting off this car alarm across the parking lot. Um, but I do think, too, if some of the, the underthrowing and things, like we talk about that with the rotator cuff injury, that that can happen, that strength isn't there, that zip isn't there. Now there's like double car alarm. This is, this is insanity. Oh, well. This- Keep like, going. We, not, we truck through I'm trying, it. God, this it's not there. But I do just wonder too the psychology of it and being afraid to get hit. And if his shoulder isn't one hundred percent, if that is going to make him more hesitant or play a little differently, I think that also isn't good. Like that's another reason to not be trying to throw him out there if he's at eighty percent. You know, in terms of how he feels, I think like you. You do have to let this heal. I think, obviously, in hindsight, it's they should have tried to maybe put him on IR at the beginning and see what happens. But, um, you know, I think they everyone is going to benefit if we stop with the week-to-week, day-to-day, the back-and-forth, the not really saying anything. I think this week it is just better that they were decisive about it, at least. I mean, if you look at the, the game in Indy, think about this. You have Amari Cooper catching, I think it was two of eight targets for like 22 yards. I mean, that can't be. You can't take Amari Cooper out of a game like that. So the fact now that he will have a full week of practice with P.J. Walker, that's going to help. That's going to help because um, as P.J. found out in the first game, if you can find uh, if you can find Amari in the right one-on-one matchup, you're going to take that shot. Um, but he struggled last week with that because they did not really work very much together. Um P.J. did not get any of the first-team reps on Thursday and Friday after Deshaun returned to practice. That's no way to go into a football game. So now at least they know what the deal is. He has an opportunity to try. But the interesting part in all of this, I think, too, is the fact that I did ask Kevin Stefanski today, are you comfortable with what you have at backup quarterback, given all this uncertainty with Deshaun Watson's shoulder? Are you cool now? With PJ, oh, I'm sorry, and and Dorian Thompson-Robinson being your backup quarterbacks? And I think the answer has to be no with that. The answer has to be no. And I've been checking into the whole Jacoby Brissett thing, and I think he can probably pretty easily be acquired by the Cleveland Browns. I really do. And I would be making that deal yesterday. I would be making that deal yesterday. So they need to go make that happen as fast as possible. I agree. And I, you know, I think like it goes back to, I've made this comparison before the kicker thing, right? You knew you needed a new kicker, What you had a kicker wasn't good enough if you were going to go win. And so they got aggressive and they made a move. This is somewhat similar, I guess. Like, you know, we, we talked about on the post game pod, in fact, 
you need a backup quarterback, and there might be just the right guy available who knows your system and your coaches, and like Kareem Hunt knows where the locker room is, all of that stuff. Like, if Jacoby Brissett can be had for a reasonable price, it, it almost makes too much sense. It makes too much sense for them to just sit on their hands and, and not do it. I know. I mean, we talked about this on the pod yesterday too, without you, Dan, because I missed <laughs> I missed this initial discussion on the Hey MK pod um, earlier in the week, but. I definitely, I'm, I'm so all in on this idea, and now I think hearing Mary Kay say that he can probably be brought back for not that much, I think that just adds to how enticing it is, because Kevin Stefanski got the best out of Jacoby Brissett last year. Here, I mean, Jacoby basically had a career year. So he was so good that he knew he would have a chance to at least compete for a starting job, you know, which he did not win. So... I think knowing he why he wanted to leave for that chance, which is understandable, and it hasn't panned out there, it's like he has this great relationship with Deshaun, with other people here, like AWOC's one of his best friends in the league, all of that. So if you can make it happen, I think you, you have to make this a priority right now. Okay, a couple minutes here. Let's just talk about something that just happened, was just announced, because it could lead to some awkward encounters during OTAs or minicamp. If the Cavs and, say, the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> happen to meet in the playoff series because uh, Miles Garrett is now a, uh, my, has he purchased a minority stake in the Cavaliers? Obviously not nearly as high a stake as the, as the Haslams have in the Milwaukee Bucks. But, uh, you know, again, could be interesting. A little trash talk between owners and, uh, and whatnot as Miles Garrett now has a minority stake in the Cavs. Mary Kay, we know Miles loves basketball. This makes sense. He loves basketball. He's super rich. It seems like owning part of a basketball team is just something you should do if those two things are true. Yeah, you know, I just didn't see this coming, though. <laughs> I just did not see this coming. Uh, but there are some things that we know for sure about Miles. We know he loves basketball. We know, I just tweeted that, you know, he's fulfilling his hoops dreams in another way. Um, we know that he would have loved to have been an NBA player. Now he's an NBO, NBA minority owner. And we also know that Miles absolutely loves Cleveland. This is his second home. He loves it here. And, you know, he's got, uh, you know, murals up around and, uh, you know, he wants to leave a legacy here in Cleveland, and now he is a minority owner of the Cavs. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's great. Obviously, it's, this is a guy that I think has probably been pretty smart with his money, and investing in an NBA franchise is certainly a smart way to do it. Ash, I mean, you're you're not that this has anything to do with Miles, but I mean, you're around the Cavs, you're around that organization a lot, um, and, and certainly Miles is going to be a welcome addition there. Yeah, I mean, I think those guys also really like Miles. Like, whenever you ask any of them, like, I know Donovan Mitchell really likes him. Jarrett Allen is one of his best friends. Like, there are all these connections here in terms of the players and and that aspect of it. But, yeah, I mean, I do think for him, like, when whenever you get a chance to talk to Miles about basketball, like, you just always get this sense that that is, like, sort of an unfulfilled dream. He loved, loved, loved playing basketball, and obviously his future was in football and the evidence of that is look what he did against the Colts on Sunday. But I think that love has never, like, left. Um, so I do like this outlet for him. I mean, I think it's a really great, interesting kind of tidbit and chapter to his story now, I guess. So if him and Jared Allen are playing, like, video games together, does Jared have to let him win now? I don't know. Because Miles is, like, kind of... Maybe. Can, 
like the paying problem his salary. Is, it would definitely be like letting like Jared like builds computers yeah. like from scratch. That's like his idea of fun. <laughs> so he might have Miles beat on that regard. You know, he he was playing a video game when he got told he was named an All Star in 2022. <laughs> so I I don't know. Miles might. I don't know if this new title is going to help him much at all in that respect. It might just not even be that fair. Well, here's hoping for a Cavs-Bucks series in the Eastern Conference Finals so we can all have a little fun with the uh, the Jimmy and Jimmy versus Miles and Dono, as Miles called him last spring. Was it last spring? Yeah, yeah it had I've been. never heard anyone else call Donovan Mitchell that. I meant to ask Donovan Mitchell about it and never got a chance to because, unfortunately, <laughs> that series against the Knicks went so poorly and was over so quickly, it was not time to ask a fun question like that to a player who was very upset with how the season ended. <laughs> all right, well, we've had trains, car alarms, bees, all sorts of things happening on this podcast, so we're going to call it a podcast right there. Subscribe to Football Insider. Go to cleveland.com slash browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page. Uh, find us on Instagram, Orange and Brown Talk. Find us on YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com for that. I think that's everything we need to promote. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.